Hello, and thank you for listening to Explicitly Sick with Monica Michelle on the Invisible Not Broken Network. Um, today I got to talk to Tony Monfredonia, and I just want to ask for your patience. Um, we did have some connecting issues, but I think it's an amazing interview, and I really want you to be able to enjoy listening to it. Um, it is a little unusual for me. I got to interview someone who is a caregiver, and he's a caregiver for his wife, Maria. I did want to say that we did discuss mental health issues um, and suicide prevention, and that number is directly on our website and on our show notes, as well as a place to listen to Tony's music and his um, album, which is completely about the journey of he and his wife, Maria, through um, her mental health and through her um, ongoing issues with intestinal parasites um, and thyroid issues and also Lyme's disease. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Please head over to our show notes. We do have everything there. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, Be kind, be gentle, be a badass, and enjoy the show. Hey, with Thank everything you. that's going on, you need some vibrance, right? Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and actually like kind of fun fact. So like it actually, the, the reason I picked this color specifically is um, like my website and like my headshots, this color is always kind of in there somewhere. Um, so it's just a little like half branding, half fun. <laughs> I, I'm on board. It's also nice to have the green screen right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. No kidding. So, uh, but thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, and I know it's, it's, uh, you know, these, these conversations are, are, are never easy. So I just, I just, uh, I appreciate, uh, you taking the time just to chat. I really do. No worries, Tony. I actually like coffee this morning with my husband was really interesting because you never talking about you being a caregiver for your wife. And so it's like, Hey, yeah. how about you? Do you have questions for him? Cause I, <laughs> yeah. it was, I have to say, this is like, this is probably one of the hardest interviews I've done in a while. It's like, okay. I'm on the other side of it. So it was like, I was reading right. through your answers and I'm like, how, that's, that's different. I haven't considered it from that side before. So right. I was really excited to do this because Great. it's pretty challenging for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, no, that's good. In fact, uh, there's a, there's a book that I want to get. Um, she goes by, she goes by the invisible hypothyroid. I think she, she, her name is Rachel. She's kind of an Instagram, um, personality, so to speak, but just very, very huge advocate for like, uh, you know, dealing with chronic illness and dealing with hypothyroid from both. I think she has a book that both she and her husband wrote together, like his perspective and her, her perspective. So I want to get my hands on that. Cause, um, it's something that I, I know I still have to actively work on, you know, when you find it, can you send me, um, the title so I can link it into yes. your, your thing? Yeah. It's, I have all your yeah. links set up. I spent the whole, um, the last two days listening to your music and your orchestra music is gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate really that. enjoyed. Yeah, I have it all linked up. So when people are Great. listening, they can just go right over to show notes and it's it's all right there. So I, I'm really excited for more people to get to hear your, your composing. It's um thank you. Really a lovely treat. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. No, I really do. I really do. So your wife has hypothyroidism and um ongoing parasites, is that right? Yeah. So it's been Oh gosh. I mean, it's, it's been such as a slew of things. I, it try, so the original, the original diagnosis, uh, was hypothyroid. Now, granted that was four years ago and that has actually, I mean, with medication and with all the, the treatments that has really actually leveled off. But in that they discovered that, um, she had like, and I quote, I remember the nurse saying, yeah, you have a, 
a heavy overload of parasites. They didn't say what they were. There might have been a chart. I, I, my, my wife might remember the specific parasites, but the kind of situation where the doctor actually seemed to think that her thyroid issues were actually being caused by these parasites. So it was sort of this kind of chain reaction. And with the parasites came Lyme disease. So like on the chart of like the results, it was like, oh yeah, you have this, 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 oh, and a little bit of Lyme disease. Um, did she end up having Lyme's disease? Yes. So that actually- Wow. Okay. I'll add that into her, her bio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and actually right now she's actually on a big Lyme disease um, cleanse or, or, or treatment plan, so to speak. So and the thing is, it's, so it's, it's like a, it was like a blood test. I mean, you like, you prick your finger and you send it to the sun and they analyze, I don't know how it works, but um, now that the parasites themselves are kind of diminished, which is good. It's a good thing, right? This is now many years later. It's a great thing. Just I'm talking like three, four weeks ago, they said, oh yeah, you still really have Lyme disease. <laughs> so um, maybe oh. because the, I don't know if the parasites were kind of covering up the Lyme or whatever. I'm not sure. So, um, I know even just last night, she and I were having like a big conversation. It's like, she's, she's just so, um, she's so ready. She's so ready just to be like, you know what? I, I just want to be normal, you know? And I think, and I can't blame her, you know, it's, and that's where I have to be patient. You know, I have to be, um, understanding and get, you know, I know even for me, it's like, yeah, I would love for you to, to be normal too, but you, you know, there's only so much you can do. And I think that's, I think that's where, she and I have, she especially has really struggled. It's just like, I, she just, it's like hypo and thyroid and then parasites oh, and the own oh, Lyme disease. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what the heck? Like, come on. Um, she's just frustrated. She's just frustrated. It just reminds me of that movie Labyrinth. I don't know if you're old enough to remember Labyrinth, but it was oh, like yeah. one of my, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like where you just keep going there and they're like, oh, I'm almost there. And then it's like, no, you're in the obliasque. And then it's like, no, right. I'm out of there. And it's like, no, we just changed the maze. And it's yeah, like, right. Yeah, I, I love Labyrinth. Yeah. It works for almost any analogy. Um, it's great. <laughs> yes, David Bowie. You can't you can't beat David Bowie, man. <laughs> you really and the Muppets like and the, I know Henson like, and like <laughs> what did we do as a race to deserve like as a human race to deserve you know like Bowie and Henson together? It, it was it's just so like, good, brilliant. It's yeah. Um, as a spouse, I'm really curious, how do you walk the line? Like my husband always has this, this problem with like going into doctor's appointments because I get overwhelmed really fast by information. Right. Like he's always walking the line of like, okay, how do I not take over, but how do I make sure we get all the details? Right. Yeah. Then that's, that's a great question. So usually, um, at least initially, I think, I think when she first was like, okay, you know, I, she, she wasn't feeling well. Um, since before I even knew her, I mean, it was just kind of a, it was kind of a, it was always kind of there before we even met, um, that initially when we were like, okay, there's really something going on here. Uh, I remember going into a lot of those appointments and just kind of, just kind of being a fly on the wall a little bit. Um, I guess like I, I was able to kind of read when Maria sort of just kind of needed my input or wanted my input or just kind of wanted me to make note of things. I mean, I could just see it in her eyes, you know, like those moments of, but I think she's, she, she really wanted to take, kind of take charge of like, you know, I, I want to, I want to be on top of this. And in fact, now, I mean, it's, it's kind of remarkable that she's really on top of, I mean, when you're dealing with parasites and stuff and like all, I mean, you're taking, it's like every three hours, like, okay, I got to take these and I got to take these things. And then that, that she had it down to like a system and like a science. I was very impressed. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think, I think for me, I, I, at this stage, I just kind of, 
I'm there if she needs me. And I think that's kind of the mentality, the mentality we've sort of inherited is like, you know what, I will be here if you need me for anything. You need me to make a phone call. If you need me to, you know, keep track of something, just let me know. Um, Cause you're right. It can be, it can be very, especially as a spouse, it can be very hard to just like not want to do everything, you know, like I want to take care of it all, but I have to respect her as a human being and, and her, you know, and that's where I kind of just inherited the mentality. You know what, if you need me, I will be here. Like no matter what you need, I will be here, but I'm not going to just, I'm not going to put my foot forward with everything. I want to let her kind of decide on, on if she needs me or if she feels like she can handle it. That's, that's a really great, I, I'm going to use that in my marriage um, because I, I have a wonderful husband who does like to jump in like what I'm using my wheelchair today. So you can kind of see my little wheels here Yeah, and he automatically wants to push. And I hate when anyone pushes my chair, like viscerally hate it. Right. So yeah, I, I like that idea of you wait for some, for, Hey, can you help? Can you like the ask? Right. That's right. That's a really great line to draw. Well, cause I think too, I mean, it's, it's, you know, they, there's, there's an, there's an element of, they, they you know, I know my, I'm mean, just speaking for my wife is like, you know, she, she wants to be, she wants to be her own person, right? She doesn't want, mm-hmm. she doesn't want the Lyme, I mean, at least right now, the Lyme disease or the, or these, these, these years of chronic illness in various forms to just kind of be her identity, you know? And I think that's where it's, it's like, you know what, if, if she needs me, then great, I'm there. But if not, I think, you know, she's, she's just a very strong old person that she wants to take charge of whatever it is that's going on. Um, and I, I greatly respect that. I greatly respect that. And I think it's, 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 uh, it's something that, again, when you, when you love someone, you care for someone, it's like the, the gut reaction is just to, to jump in, right. To just, to just kind of say, I'm going to take, I'm going to take charge of it. I'm going to take care of it. But it's like, you know what, sometimes you can't, um, sometimes you can't. And that, I think that's the hardest part. That is, I mean, for like the sick person, losing your autonomy is one of the hardest oh, yeah. things about chronic illness, like not being like for when I couldn't drive anymore, that, that was right. really brutal. <laughs> like right. it, it's really hard to like suddenly go back to being like a kid or a teenager, as far as what you're able, you can't go out for a walk right. by yourself. You can't, you know, there, there's a lot that happens with that. How do you, how do you help her maintain her autonomy and her, her ability to go do things? Because it sounds like, um, is it okay to talk mental health? Is that oh, something totally. that we're, yeah, we're talking fine. or not talking? Um, because yeah. you had mentioned, um, and certainly in the song, um, I'm sorry, wait, <laughs> my coffee is still getting drunk right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, you have okay. a beautiful song um, where it's your music behind her talking about her depression. Yes. Yeah. Um, and why can I not find in my notes what the name of that song is? Uh, would you it, would know it. Yeah. It was, so it'd be uh, Dusk at Dawn. Was that the uh, one? Uh, thank you. Yes. Um, and it, it was absolutely stunning and haunting to hear her words. Um, right. How does, I, I, when you're dealing with depression and someone who's clinically depressed and you have a career, um, your career, especially, I would assume includes touring. How do you handle that with like autonomy of like leaving her by herself when she's dealing with depression with like balancing your work life and everything else? Right. Well, if I'm being honest, it's, it's actually been very uh, challenging. Uh, it's been incredibly challenging. And in fact, I'm probably 2017, 2018, you know, I work, I work in the world of uh, primarily like classical orchestra music and like video game soundtracks. It's like my primary stuff as for like singer songwriter styles or indie rock. Like that is something that I do just cause I enjoy it. Um, so most of my travel is actually more so for like conferences or like, um, mm-hmm. 
conventions and those sorts, those, those business, you know, handshaking type things, um, networking events. And so there were a few years where I chose, I chose not to go to these things because she was at a point where it's like, you know, I just, I kind of don't feel comfortable leaving you here by yourself. I kind of don't feel comfortable, um, putting all the home responsibilities on your shoulders for these. And this is when she was at probably her lowest point. I think this was, this was back in 2018, 2000, uh, 2017, 2018, where I just, I was like, you know what, this is just, this is just, you know, it's part of my vows, you know, right? Like in good, in good and bad times, right? Like this is, this is part of it. And I kind of just have to accept that. Um, now her autonomy has, 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 has improved, you know, and I think she's, she's really at a point where, she will, she's ready to kind of overcome, especially when dealing with Lyme disease, you know, where you're just, you're just, you may have a day where you're so fatigued and you're just like completely out of it where the dishes might not get done. Right. Or, or the, the bed nut might, might not get made or whatever it is she has to do. Um, it might not get done in the way she wants it to get done. And I know that's been a big frustration for her. So for me, again, I kind of just, okay, on our bad days, you know, maybe I'll take care of this or I'll take care of that. Like, and I don't say anything. I'm just like, All right, I'll, I'll just, you know, put the dishes in whatever and just, or, you know, I'll go and get the groceries or whatever she has plans for the day, you know? And that's just, I don't know, maybe I've just been blessed with a lot of energy or something that I, I just, I, I can do those sorts of things and not really feel bad or, or interrupted by it. Um, so for her, there was a point where autonomy was, was greatly interrupted. Um, but now it's, it's, it's just kind of like, it's day by day. It's like, how are you feeling today? What can you do today? Um, and that's so you just take it a day at a time. But yeah, uh, I think not scorekeeping is probably the best advice you could give any newly yes. um, together couple. Like just anyone who wants a relationship, not keeping a scorecard is probably an awesome, yeah. awesome plan. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's. I mean, think about it this way: is is, and I and I I all admit I greatly struggle with this. In fact, on the album on Rosewater. Um, there is a song called "In Good and Bad Times," which was was which kind of a reflection of um, early on in the marriage. I mean, I just say with full disclosure that I really struggle with like you're always sick, you're always tired, you're always not feeling well, and I just I just wanted I wanted things to be like kind of good and normal and 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 like fun and let's just go have a great time, um, and I that wasn't happening. Right. So my expectations were here and reality was over here. Yeah. Um, and I, I really struggled with like just being angry and just being bitter about it. And I, I really had to, there was, I think it was 2019 where that really shifted. I was like, you know what, this might be lasting a lot longer than either one of us expected. Right. There might be greater percentages of me doing tasks and errands for a longer period of time than I would have wanted. Right. It's just sort of this, that acceptance factor of, right. No scorekeeping, just, whatever needs to be done as a single unit, as, as a, as a single unit, whatever needs to be done, whoever, whoever does more, whoever does less, it doesn't matter. As long as we find a way to get it done. And I think that's, that's kind of just, that's just marriage right there. That's just partnership. That's just how it works. I love that. My disorder has a 60% divorce rate, um, wow. which is brutal. Yeah. Um, I, so there, I have this weird a love of the Magnolia everything, um, the Chip and Joanna Gaines thing. And they had this yeah. great, uh, it's a magazine that they put out four times a year. That's just beautiful. And they had one article where they talked about marriage and their marriage, which, you know, everyone knows is pretty lovely, you know, at right. least with 
what's going out there. And they talked about how every time, even when the other person was right on a decision, if they weren't both on board with it, it was the wrong decision. Right. This, this idea that you always have to pull together, no matter what choice you make, uh, you just always have to be a team. I love what you said about that. Like it doesn't matter how it gets done as long as it gets done. Right. Yeah. And I, that's, I, I mean, I just, again, I think there's, there's a, at least what I've, what I've seen, you know, there's, there's, there's an obvious give and take within the, within, within marriage or within, within, you know, these types of relationships, but sometimes it's a lot of give. Sometimes it's a lot of give. Sometimes it's so much give that you're exhausted, you know, because the other one is sick or struggling or has a disorder, whatever it may be. And sometimes it's a lot of, you know, maybe then there's, there's, there's always this ebb and flow, but sometimes it's like, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be kind of making these choices to really help her out or, or help him out or whoever is, whoever is struggling. And you just kind of, again, I, I, I really learned to kind of, uh, it's really helped me. It's really, it's really taught me how to be more present on a day-to-day basis, right? Because I think the biggest, the biggest factor that really we we butt heads for a while was we both we both sort of wanted this grand vision of how we wanted things to be, but it was more so like it's not it's not that way. So how can we accept that? How can we accept that that it's not this fun and joyful and exciting and you know happy, healthy life. It's, 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 you know, you're really struggling and I'm kind of struggling because you're struggling and that's just reality. Can we accept that? Can we move through that? Um, and it's tough. It's tough. So how do you find space to, um, deal with your frustrations or deal with, you know, like the, there's always that side of, of things that, you know, aren't necessarily the Instagram, you know, yeah. super supportive, happy moments. Like there are moments of frustration, of anger, of like, I just, I need to go scream in a corner. How do you deal with that? Who do you have to talk to you? Who do you, where do you go for that? Yeah. You know, I've got, uh, I've got a great friend. Uh, he doesn't live in the area. So we're in Michigan. He doesn't live, but he's, I've, he's a good friend online that I confide in. Um, we've met in person. I mean, we, we connected online, but we've met in person. I mean, he's a great guy. Um, so he and I chat, uh, if, and when needed, but also I, I, I find that for me, having time in the morning um she's kind of a night owl i'm kind of a morning uh an early bird that not that i wake up at the crack of dawn and immediately get to work but i wake up at the crack of dawn and just take time to breathe like literally Mm. breathe there's there's something called the the wim hof method which is very much like breathing and cold therapy it's it's kind of like just a way to and it's very it's a very very meditative practice uh so i do that um you know taking, just taking time for silence, taking time to just be me and like, just allow myself to keep myself grounded. Um, this way, should, should the day present struggles or should the day present challenges? I I'm already kind of in a good space. Um, and that, that is, that is, that has helped immensely. Uh, but obviously, you know, there's going to be stress, there's going to be times, but it's, it's really just being able to breathe and say, you know what, I've gotten through this before. I'm going to get through it again, you know? Um, and just just to kind of keep that keep that stress level at a at a good point throughout the day, not to be so stressed that I tank, but to be able to kind of you know I'm going to start my day by kind of staying on top of the stress and the worries and the angers and the frustrations. This way, should something happen, I'm not going to explode. I'm going to be able to just kind of keep it cool, um, 
And then maybe, you know, again, then I can talk to my friend or I can talk to my brother-in-law or I can talk to whoever. Um, should I need to do that? So how did this come up when you were dating? I, I'm always curious. Uh, I was lucky enough that my husband and I were best friends for years. So he had every, yeah. he knew exactly what he was dealing with. There was no question. Um, how did people right. bring that up in dating? Right. So when we were dating, uh, mm-hmm. it was very much a, she, we were like, okay, you have depression, right? It was, she, she was under the impression of, I have depression. I have felt lousy for years, but I have depression. That was her sort of headspace. Um, it wasn't until after we were married that we discovered, oh yeah, your thyroid is like dangerously out of whack. Right. Um, so it was, and that's the thing with thyroid disease that it can, it can create it can create anxiety and create depression. Mm-hmm. It can really throw your whole body and system out of, out of whack. So when we were dating, it was like, you know what? Okay. You've got depression. You know, you're going to therapy. You're doing, you're doing this, you're doing that. Um, it, it was almost, we almost, we thought it was almost entirely psychological because she went through some stuff, you know, earlier in her life. We thought it was entirely psychological, but then once she was like, okay, I'm kind of working through the psychological stuff, but I still feel physically, I still feel depressed right? I still struggle to get out of it. I still struggle to do this. That's when I was like, okay, there's, there's something else here. There's something else we got to look into about this. Um, so when we were dating, it was just like, you know what? I want, I want to help you get through your depression, right? It's, I had no idea. I had no idea what was going to happen the next five years, six years. Um, and that's, that's where it was like kind of a reality check a couple of years back. I'm like, you know what? This might take longer than I thought. <laughs> And how did that work out for you guys? Did you try couples therapy or did you just have lots of? We did. Yeah, they, we, we did go. We, uh, she's had a phenomenal, uh, therapist for basically her whole, I mean, he's, he could be like her dad. I mean, like they're just, they're just, they, they click really well. Um, so there were points where it was like, again, and I think it stems back to that, that, that struggle that I personally had of, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix this and I want this to be different. Right. And I could, you know, it couldn't be different. And that, that caused a lot of just, she wanted compassion and I wanted resolution. Um, Uh, (laughs) You know, I like that one right there. That's a a great (laughs) phrase. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, and that, there, I mean, there were some, there were some really rough patches. There were, there were patches where she was just like, look, like you, you can't, I can't, I can't change this. I am working. I can't. And so it was just, I really had to learn a lot of it. I'm not going to lie. A lot of it had couples therapy for my sake of like, Tony, you got it. You got to change the way you're, you're looking at this. You know, this is not something that you can just at the snap of the fingers, just fix. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit that, you know, I'm not, I think that it's an important thing for anyone out there who hears this. It's, a, it's an important realization that, yeah, like it, it can, it can really cause you to butt heads. Cause again, it's like, you both sort of want the same end goal, but in the moment you may want different things, <laughs> you know, you both want to feel better, but w- again, one may want compassion and understanding one might want just things to just be resolved and, and fixed and, and changed and doesn't work that way. So yeah, we, we did couples therapy. We did, uh, on and off, you know, as needed. Now we haven't done that again, past couple of years, it's been, we've, we've sort of figured out how to, how to work through this together and communicate. I think communication is such a, uh, the communication part is such a huge element to it. 
So how did the the album that you made about her and your journey together, how did that come about? How how what how much was she a part of that process? How did she feel about it? She was um that came there was something that I just always kind of wanted to do. And I think it was like I mentioned, sort of my career, you know, where I'm getting making the most money, I guess if you want to call it that way, is mostly from my like orchestral concert and video game soundtrack type stuff. That's like what's paying the bills. But doing the songwriting, really, I always kind of have just, I mean, for years, probably even before I did any of the other music, that was always a part of just like my when I had something that I couldn't get off my chest, you know, I would do, I would, I would create a song or I would just songwrite almost as therapy. Right. Um, and so throughout her journey with the depression to the, to the hypothyroid, to the parasites, to the, just the, the, the slew of doctors, I mean, all doctor's appointments and all this stuff. Um, I was always kind of writing songs along the way, just in a way, kind of like documenting my um, experiences. And so some of the songs in the album I wrote, three years before the album came. I mean, some of them I wrote many moons ago when, when things were kind of really bad. And, um, and of course, when uh, I, I did a cover of Johnny Cash's Hurt, uh, which was kind of an homage to Maria's dad because, um, and I forget if I put this in the questionnaire, but so last June, uh, June, 2020. So Maria's father committed suicide, um, which kind of topped off. Uh, that was sort of like, that was when I knew, you know what? Okay, this album has to kind of encompass all of this, because that was when that was when Maria really got involved and was like, you know what? Let's. I want you to do a cover of, you know, my dad, one of my dad's favorite artists, and um, it was it was really just like this this pinnacle moment of, like, you know what? This this has to happen. This has to get out there. This has to. Uh, people need to hear this. Um, so it was sort of just something that I kind of wanted to do, but it ended up just being something that I knew I had to do. So how, sorry, that, that's a, so how did she feel about all of this? Was she a part of collaborating or she, did you yeah, just play she, it for when you were done or? No, she was very much a part. I mean, I, I remember showing her the songs along the way and I, you know, I took a couple out and uh, we kind of collectively agreed, you know, these would be a good, this would be like a good flow, a good order. Um, and of course, then, then I asked her, I said, you know, after after the loss of her dad, she wrote this um, kind of freeform poetry, kind of just creative writing, just kind of reflecting on her dad's life and the relationship. And there were a few there were a few moments within that that really struck me. I was reading it, um, and I said, you know, how would you feel about reading this? How would you feel about actually reading this? And I put some music underneath. Um, and she was scared was that about the beginning that. of the end. That was no, that actually. <laughs> so that one was uh, just a conversation we were having. Um, that was beautiful. And I said, and I, yeah, it was just a conversation we were having. And I was like, you know, what, can, can I like record this? Cause I was kind of conceptualizing. She was like, sure, that's fine. And that that was kind of just, we were, we were on vacation and we were talking and she was kind of reflecting on sort of her past struggles, her current things. And, and so that was when I kind of put that into uh, some music underneath it and whatnot. Um, so very much a concept album style, but it was the later track dusk at dawn where it was it was actually like written she wrote it out almost as poetry kind of in that sense and read it and i put music underneath it um so that was i really got her involved in like okay this does this effectively tell your story um and you know i think she was she was scared to kind of share it with the world a little bit i think i think she was kind of uh you know 
how are people going to receive it? How are people going to respond to it? Um, but I, I, you know, fortunately, people have responded very well to it and saying, you know, it, 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 it's touched them. It's, it's opened their eyes to things. It's, it's kind of helped them see things different. And that, that was kind of the goal, right? And I think uh, you see so much in music of things being just, um, especially pop music, you know, things being just fine and dandy. And it's, it's about, you know, mainstream stuff. But you don't really hear about, as often, like the, the true stories, right? <laughs> of like, you know, you, you this person is struggling to get through life and then they're by the way their dad died and now they're like okay where am i right um and so she was apprehensive but i think she was she was proud that it was her story was told in that way it reminded me a little bit of um because i love song uh singer songwriters you know tori amos annie defranco and not by oh, content, tori amos is, but right tori amos me is and a gun phenomenal. is uh, <laughs> me and a gun has to be one of the most haunting like oh yeah oh my god experiences to listen to it's uh please don't listen to it if you are in, are in distress that is not a song to listen to when no. you're in distress but no it, it's it's beautiful and I, I since I was a teenager I've been in love with with those songs and it reminded me of that not in content but in that like kind of a pink underbelly laid bare sort of beautiful right. way as it doesn't really help if people aren't honest about their feelings you know we're all going right. through a lot especially this year and your wife went through uh, I can only imagine absolute hell this year with with her dad passing that way yeah and um, we will have a suicide hotline at the top of the show notes so if anyone right. is feeling distressed right now we will have the hotline right at the top if you need it um god yeah <laughs> yeah um, so it's depression it's I mean I I've been through depression myself and I have family members who have clinical depression and the reach out is the hardest part for me both to take and to give how do you reach out to someone who's curled up and in depression right and you know it's it's such a fine line and I honestly if I'm being if I'm being truthful sometimes I don't I don't ever know if I'm doing the right if I'm making the right choice you know I think because there's there's the tendency in that moment, I'm just going to go over and I just get her to talk about it, right? Or like in those moments, I'm just going to go, what's on your mind? You know, tell me how you're feeling. But, you know, and as, as silly as it sounds, and I know this, I don't know if people have mentioned this movie before or whatever, but there was um, that Inside Out by Pixar. Had oh a, had my a, God. Had a phenomenal <laughs> yes. moment. Yeah. Had a phenomenal moment of, I forget the character, I think it was Joy, Joy and then... I forget the character. I mean, it was, I only saw it back when it was in theaters, but it was a sticking moment where one of the characters was having, having just sort of a, a breakdown and, and the joy character in that moment learned that sometimes it's just more important just to be, just to sit next to that person, just to be with them. Um, and that's something that over the years, I, I've kind of begun to take that approach. And that seems to be most effective with Maria. Now everyone's different. Um, but just, you know, if she's really having a lousy time, give her a hug, hang out, hold her hand just and just be silent and maybe say, okay, how are you feeling? I'm not doing too great. Okay. Mouth closed and just be there. Right. I think for me, that's, and for Maria more so for Maria, that, that has been something that she's always kind of wanted. Uh, and I struggled to ever do that for a very long time. Um, Cause that's, that's, that's what's, that's, what's helped her. And again, everyone's different. She's a very, she's a very, inward quiet individual that uh for her that's just her personality maybe someone else needs to talk it just uh in time you kind of learn the inside out movie is probably one of the best movies to explain 
most mental health issues to someone who hasn't isn't neurotypical like I feel like that's kind of the, yeah, the bridge it was so good yeah and we, we've watched it many times and I have a small I well I have not small anymore I have two kids and it was tremendously helpful for both of them and even as teenagers we've rewatched it and they're like oh yeah yeah that's that's kind of how that goes right there yeah yeah that's a definitely a good movie to watch um so with depressive episodes, it can be really hard to, in a relationship, keep things going. And not just depressive episodes, just when there's chronic illness flares. Right. How do you keep, like, not as a, like, a, like going over the top, of this, but how do you keep, like, romance going, a friendship going? Like, what do you do to have shared experiences when the person is, like, stuck in bed all day or, you know, not able yeah. to go out in the world? How do you keep things still fun and joyful in a relationship when someone is, is experiencing flares? Right. And, you know, that has definitely been, um, that is something that I still, th- I still think we're trying to figure out. Uh, cause you know, like you mentioned, when there's these flare ups in these periods of time where it feels like how, am, how are we supposed to enjoy anything physically or otherwise, right. Where it can be kind of, um, it just, it, it's still a challenge. I know one thing I will say though, is that we, we've found activities that don't require, especially when with Lyme disease and with hypothyroid, it, it all, and, and which causes can kind of cause the depressiveness where it's mostly mental more than physical, um, is it can be this, this idea of, you know, what can we do that doesn't require too much physical energy, right? And in fact, if I'm being honest, like Minecraft, a very popular video game among many people. Minecraft, we started playing it together about two years back. And it's been sort of our like safe, like our go-to. Like, okay, you're feeling lousy. Uh, you don't really feel like going out or doing much. Or like, you just kind of want to be in your, you know, blanket and just kind of sitting there and hanging out. But Minecraft doesn't take too much brain power. It's, it's colorful. It's fun. It's creative kind of feels a little bit of creative and we can do it together, right? She has her laptop. I got my computer. We can just play together. Don't need to talk too much. Just kind of do stuff together. Um, or just frankly, like watching fun sitcoms. Like, I know that sounds silly, but like, if instead we would rather be out somewhere and obviously 2020, that kind of put a lot of, um, <laughs> challenges for everyone kind of being out and just going a few, and doing things. one or two, just a few. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, if even just taking a walk, I mean, she's a big fan of just going on hikes and going out for walks and stuff that if she didn't have the energy for that, it's like, okay, well, let's just, you know, let's just, just hang out here and just make, have, make the most of our time together here. If you physically can't do something. So, um, but that's still, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. That's still something that we're still trying to figure out. How can we make like a regular fun, something we can, we can definitely bank on or like rely on pretty frequently. And, so I don't know, we may, hopefully we find an answer soon, but we, it's something we, we, we still, it's like, okay, what do we, we need to find something, you know? Um, but in time, in time. That's, um, that's been a thing. It's, we've always had, I've always been sick, um, but with my kids, when they were small and had lots of energy, you know, my husband was used to it, but yeah. the kids were like, hey, we want to go play or do something. So we created like these shared experiences that can be done in bed. Oh, was, that's amazing. 
you know, Siri uh, needs to stop being so, so sensitive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not call for you. Why are you on my computer? Um, yeah, that, we, we play a lot of card games together. We play poker and um, gin rummy and uh, oh, nice. I know a lot of like couples do, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, role playing games, um, RPGs, not in the other yeah. way, but in like Call of Cthulhu and yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, yeah, my my husband loves it. I was thinking about getting involved in it. He does it online um, with a, a whole group where they get together and do these like Zoom Call of Cthulhu things. Oh, that's for YouTube amazing. And, yeah, as so we're both researchers, we're both historians, so we're like, oh, it's fantastic. it's a fun game because you get to research the time period. And oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we're nerds. That's great. Um, basically, yeah, uh, but it's a fun <laughs> shared experience you can do while sitting down, and you get yeah. to research and like it, it gives you this whole thing for the whole week where you get to like research this time period and talk about it and cool oh. history facts from that time yeah oh, we're insufferable fine. to be around basically we were always <laughs> talking about like did you ever know that this happened in 1906 <laughs> it's like living with cliff from cheers it's it's not good my poor children um, oh my gosh so that's yeah there's, there's that <laughs> That's that's an idea of something to do. Um, and we also are writers too. So we're always like yeah. working on our stories together and talking, talking character development. Nice. Oh, that's, Which that's great. Fun. That's great. And with yeah. kids, I just did darling uh, slug days with my, my youngest, we would curl up and watch like Jane Austen movies together. And I had a whole thing of crafts in bed and puzzles and things we would do while we were sitting still. Oh, nice. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really, really great. Well, that's the, the creativity goofy. is astounding, actually. That's really cool, actually. I really like these creative <laughs> approaches. It's it's just kind of weird. I mean, you, you guys, I don't think you have kids, right? That Not yet, no. Yeah, no and that's, um, and yeah, we're just kind whatever, of actually waiting least... for the, the green light, actually, sort of uh, from her doctor, kind of just waiting for like, hey, like, is she good? Is she good to go for this kind of thing? And um <laughs> With yeah, the, yeah, I was not was asking the, at all. Yeah. I, this is such a personal yeah. topic. I'm just saying, like, if oh, no, you have fine. them, it just it, like a lot of like what you guys are dealing with as a couple is more of what I dealt with with my kids because yeah. my husband understood what was going on and he's you know he was he knew what he signed up for. The kids were born into it and they were not like it took years to really understand. And my oldest, I think it was a lot of of stress for him because. It was hard to have a mom in a wheelchair who was in bed and was not as consistent with parenting as like he right. really needed as a teenager who could like check to see if that was actually done or not, or, right. you know, yeah. really get on it. So a lot of what you're talking about, about like being disappointed or frustrated with things not being done was more of what I dealt with with my kids than, yeah. Yeah. than with my husband. So no, yeah, I'm sorry, sense. that was a roundabout. No, that's <laughs> okay. Discussion there. Um, Please forgive. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the things I want to ask you about, because she is doing better with some things, but she does have relapses. How do you deal with the good days? Because that's a real stress for a lot of us in the chronic illness community is when we have a good day, we get this like watching the hope on everyone who loves us faces. And we have to like let them down gently that no, this is probably just a day. Like, right. <laughs> please calm down with this. Like, right. just let me enjoy the good hour that I have without being stressed about when it gets bad again. How do yeah. you deal with that with her, like managing expectations on both sides about a good day? So I know for, for Maria is that when she has a good day, she likes to make the most of it. Uh, whether it's exercise, whether it's going out, whatever it is she likes and wants to do and has been wanting to do, but hasn't been able to. The just she will just say, okay, this is a good day. I'm going to make the most of it. Like, you know, it's 60 degrees outside. Let's go outside. I don't care what we do, you know, sort of this um, sort of 
almost like seize the day type mentality. And I'm, I'm kind of on the same page. I'm kind of like, you know what? Work can be for tomorrow. <laughs> like, like, honestly, you're feeling great. It's been a while. Let's just go do something. Let's just go hang out um, and connect. Let's just connect. Because, uh, you know, those days are, are, can be far and few. Sometimes they're more frequent. Sometimes they're less frequent. And, and so it's, it's kind of just that, again, I go back to that sort of just being in the moment. Okay, what's today going to bring? And today's bringing great, great things. Great, fantastic. Let's, let's make the most of them. Um, and not, not to, not to make it seem like, okay, the bad days are, are, are like, you know, unimportant or they're worthless or anything of that nature by no means, but more so just, this is a good day. So let's make it even better. Right. Um, and enjoy it. That's beautiful. Um, do you have any like ways of, how do I say this? Right. Um, I need to find some way to disable Siri. Like, I don't know why she keeps thinking that I need help, but I'm talking to you and every once in a while, like I'm recording my screen. It's like, hi, how it's like having Clippy. You remember Clippy from like Microsoft Word? Microsoft Word. Like you seem to be trying to talk on a podcast. May I please talk for you? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Siri could do a better job. I don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm trying to think how to say this, but like my husband and I used to love to travel even when I was sick and it was a really it's always a hard thing for me to go out with anyone else, but my husband and my sister. Mm -hmm. Um, so always this big question of like, as I do happiest gazelle, like I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm nope. Dead. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. like there's very little time between that and trying to find a way to be vulnerable enough with someone else. Like it's easier with my husband. He can look at me or my sister can look at me and be like, yeah, she's not okay. We're leaving now. Um, yeah. Yeah, like it just, and they're very good at making my excuses for me because, like, I want to keep playing. I'm so like that kid who doesn't want to go to bed. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, I want to stay and have fun. And they're like, yeah, that's going to be cute tomorrow. Um, yeah. <laughs> or like they'll go get my wheelchair and make sure that I have like an exit strategy. Uh, do you, yeah. how do you deal with that with her? Like, cause there's, you know, it's, it's such a fine line, but you like autonomy back to autonomy. Like, right. How do you help someone, you know, or do you just let them run to the wall? You know, I kind of, again, I, I kind of just let her let me know, right? I, she and I kind of, we just have like, almost have like these eye signals or like these brainwave yeah. signals of just like, okay, I know, I kind of know when she's doing okay and I know when she's not. Um, so, I mean, she obviously does too. And she'll like give me these glances or whatever. Like, so if we're, let's just say we're at a family gathering or we're, we're somewhere and, you know, she may pull me aside and be like, you know, and I, you know, my, when, especially during the parasite, uh, period of this whole thing like you know all my stomach's just awful like maybe we should go soon and, and i'll be the one to kind of take charge of like hey you know we're gonna leave in 20 minutes or so so you know we'll see it and thanksgiving or whatever so it's again she just kind of lets me know and I'll, I'll i'm not afraid to just be like unabashedly just hey we're we're signing off like <laughs> see you later like i'm not afraid to do that sort of thing so um she usually would just let me know during those times during the really bad times you just let me know like hey like I'm not doing so great. Let's head out. And I would just kind of take care of the rest. Um, and that definitely, that definitely was, a, it's definitely been a challenge, like with my own family. So my own family is still back in Pennsylvania. Um, and like my wife, Maria does not like 
travel very much, especially like to cities. Like she's just not a city person. Like we went to New York a few years back and I was like, nope, never again, you know? <laughs> um, so it was kind of, uh, so even just like, I, you know, I know I, I, I don't like to put the pressure on my parents or my family to like visit us every time we see them, but it's like, you know what, for Maria's sake and for like her well being, it's like, it, I'm still working. She, we're both just trying to make ends meet. It's like, okay, you're, you can, you can come and visit us like whenever you want, like it would just be easier for everyone. Um, so we, I've had to kind of communicate like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit too risky to just like, okay, we don't know how she's going to feel tomorrow. It'd be, it would be very risky to like, let's just spend a week, not at home, not where things, you know, the comforts are. Cause that's, that's, that's always been the struggle. It's like, okay, we want to go places in theory, but we just don't know how she's going to feel. And so you don't want to be yeah. a thousand miles away and then just have a huge flare up and just feel awful. And then like you're in a hotel room or something. It's like that. It's just not comfortable. So that's kind of been, it's been a challenge. We did that the first time we went to Paris and Venice, I had a stomach thing that was just brutal. And yeah, mm. he saw a lot more of Venice and Paris than I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's tough fun. though that's tough that, that was brutal um how did you work with that with your parents are you, that's one of the things that um when i interview people who are chronically ill and married that's one of the big issues is the in-laws um how, how were you able to explain to your family were they understanding um i would say I mean, i'm phenomenally yes lucky my no. in-laws are saints and amazing so i that's i can't great. speak to this but yeah, fortunately, I will say this: her fam- her family uh, has been very, um, very understanding, and mine as well. I will say that mine have, mine have, mine have been under. Well, I won't mention names, but I would say mo- you don't most. have to even answer this question if it <laughs> no, will create totally problems fine. for you. I, I totally can come fine. up with another no, question. I, I'm happy to I'm happy to answer it. I would just say there's there's definitely been some difficulty in kind of just being able to just say, Hey, like she's been sick for a long time and we just can't, we can't be there or we can't make this happen. And, um, and I, I think, I think my family has over time, especially kind of seeing the duration of how long things have been happening, uh, with her, with her chronic ailments that like, they're kind of coming there. I think they're finally coming to terms with the fact that like, yeah, okay. Yeah. She really, she really is struggling, you know? And I don't, I don't know and then maybe just initially they just in a way didn't buy it. I'm not sure. I, I just don't know. Um, but I would say her family has, has kind of maybe just because they know her better, just kind of knew, just kind of worked with it. Whereas mine, it took a little bit of uh, a little bit of pushback at first to kind of really have them and help them understand. Sorry, I have a my small one's out here yelling about something. And oh. I'm just like, is this a thing I need to intervene on or all good? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So how did you specifically work with your family to help them understand what she's dealing with? Just more for like everyone else who's like looking to this for advice. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think laying down the facts, laying, I mean, and to not, to not sugarcoat. And I know that may seem harsh and obviously there's every, every family has their own dynamics, but I just laid out the facts. I said, look, like she is not doing well. Like, I, I'm sorry, we can't make this happen. I got to work overtime. I got to help make ends meet. You know, we can't be there. This is because of X, Y, and Z, like the concrete facts of what the doctor said or what, you know, of how Marie is feeling and to just not, to not blow over the facts of the matter. Cause I think that is where, um, especially when dealing with stuff like this, 
I have found to be very helpful is just like saying, this is how it is and this is what it will be. That's yeah, that's really true. That was how my husband handled things with his family was, is I, I tend to minimize everything. And yeah. he was like, all right, so I know she looks okay when she's sitting at the table, but she just looked at three times while she was chatting with you. And right. you know, like, you have to understand she's really not doing as well as she shows that she's doing. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, and that's Maria's the same way. It's like, she'll put yeah. on a face when she's like not doing well, but needs to be kind of wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does a great job of just like, you know, like I will be polite. I will be, I will put a smile on, but um, you know, I think when it comes to traveling and when it comes to the harder, uh, aspects of like, you know, it's like got to pack a bag, got to get on a, in a, three different planes to get to the, you know, with that kind of stuff, oh, it's like, look, yeah. you know, it's like, it's just, it's just not going to happen right now because she's not well, maybe in the future, maybe, but not right now. So just like where I'm, I don't even, I say, I'm sorry, just because I'm, I'm, I try to be nice. Like, look, I'm sorry that we can't, you know, and I think it's, but I'm not really like apologizing, you know, you should never apologize for what you're, you're enduring, but you're like, I'm sorry, we can't be there. I'm sorry that like, you know, I can't make this work. It's just, it's just how it is right now. And so thank, thank you for understanding. You know, I think to be grateful too, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough balance and every, every family is different. Every family member is different too. So it's, it's <laughs> that's <tough>. very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot that where you're going, you're not near like, so your airports in your areas are, you have to do connecting flights to get oh, yeah. anywhere. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm very spoiled. I live in California in the Bay area. So like Oh, anywhere we're going, it's like one flight. That's it. Unless yep. we try to go somewhere in the Midwest, in which case it's way more expensive than just flying to New York or yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like multiple stops. And I, I had to tell friends who live out in the Midwest that I can't visit them because it was like, first off, $800 to go to Texas is not happening. Yeah. And I can't do connecting flights. There's no way I, I, I physically could not do a get up cross an airport sit down again get back up right. again <laughs> like yeah the layover yeah. times are insane especially uh because we so we have to hop a flight if we want to go anywhere hop a flight down to detroit and without fail that layover is like close to nothing it's like all right you got nope. 30 minutes <laughs> to like go across <laughs> the whole thing and it's not a circular airport either detroit is like a giant rectangle so it's like yeah. okay there's no easy way about this um there's been many. You got to be a good sprinter. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they, I feel, I truly feel for anyone who um, has any, you know, has to, ha- you know, can't walk or whatever. Like I, I truly feel for those people. Cause it's like, I don't know how they're supposed to do it. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not good. And I think they should at least increase the layover times somehow. I mean, truly. I mean, that honestly, nice. I just want them to like make the the things wider so I can use my wheelchair when I'm on oh, a plane. Oh yeah, right. Because I I'm able to walk, but I'm dislocating my legs almost every time I'm stepping down. So like wow. when I get into the airplane, I don't have a transfer chair, so I have to use my cane to get to the back of the plane to use the bathrooms. <laughs> it is awful. Wow. So I wish they would they would be a little more ADA nice on airports yeah. and airplanes that would be so great that would be nice <laughs> That'd be nice that would be very yeah, nice those little things and <laughs> speaking of those things um we're almost out of time but i did want to ask you about um something you had written on your form which was that what would make your life better and it sounds like you don't have uh, a family nearby to help out with things when you're not there but you're talking about having like house care or help and in other countries it's amazing they actually you know as part of your taxes someone will come to your house and clean or 
you know, wow. make food or do things as part of your taxes when you're disabled, they will, they have home care help come in. And it sounds like you right. don't even have family who can come in and like make meals or, or well, yeah, stuff. I, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's like, well, technically I could ask, and maybe this is just kind of like the, uh, I don't want to impose on anyone else's life kind of situation where it's like, I suppose I could ask like, Hey, you know, can you come and help me with X, Y, and Z? But the problem more so I would say for me is that I, I am a musician and like my entire immediate network, none of them would know how to do anything that I do. And I think that's where it's like, it would be fantastic if I just had someone to be like, Hey, can you do my emails? Like, or like just mm. to hire someone out in that regard. Cause that would then give me more time to take care of things around the house that may or may not need to be done. Um, and I've, I've actually just, I'm, I'm talking like at the time of this recording, like just last week, we really made a, a, a somewhat difficult career choice. That's a little bit kind of risky in terms of like immediate less income, but for greater long-term results. Cause it's like, it was just eating so much of my time. I was like, I just can't do this anymore. She, my wife needs me at this time. And I just can't be in a thousand different directions anymore. Like it's just not possible. Uh, it's not fair to her. It's not fair to me, not fair to my clients, not fair to whoever, but it's like, okay, I'm kind of taking a little bit of a leap of faith here, but I am, you know, kind of trying to centralize things so I can do what I'm already doing a little bit more effectively, including things with my relationship, right? I think including all the areas of my relationship is that, um, but yeah, that it's like, it's like one of those, some, there are days where it's like, I just wish I had two more hands, <laughs> like, uh, and it's tough because you, you, again, you, you, I could hire someone, but I, you know, if there's money tight because of, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. That sounds brutal. And like, it would be nice to just even have someone take care of household stuff. So the two of you can yeah. focus on other things. Like, Right. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, so I think I'm just kind of, I just kind of accept it as it is. And I just do my best. And I think sometimes it's all we can do. Anyone out there who's listening to it's like, sometimes all you can do is your best. And again, the dishes may be dirty in the sink for three days. I mean, it's, it's like, you know what? Life has to keep going forward and you, you have to do what you need to do. And if something needs to take a second, um, you know, second tier or second priority, it's like, that's okay. Sure, you may want it to be done, but it may not get done when you want it to be done. Um, and that's, that's, that's just one of the hardest parts, but it's also something that once you accept, at least once I've accepted, it's actually been a lot it's given me a lot of freedom and a very freeing mentality. That's absolutely a wonderful place to be. I, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm very big on income inequality and how um, taxes are done differently in other countries. And I, I really am trying to long-term fight for more to be done for disabled families that we would get more of those services here where, people could come in and like help out with household stuff here. I think that'd be an amazing service right. as part of like, you know, they do have something like that, but to qualify is, is almost impossible. Right. Um, so that's, that's just my little soapbox for today. I can't yeah. avoid a soapbox if I see it once at least a day. Um, is there anything that in closing you wanted to make sure that we highlight before we, we sign off? Yeah, I think, and I appreciate, again, I just, I, I appreciate it so much uh, to have me on here. I, I think the biggest takeaway within my own marriage and within my own uh, experience with this is, 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 the, is the element or the virtue or whatever you want to call it of patience. I think patience above all else 
is such a key element in working through chronic illness, chronic disease, uh, you name it, mental illness, physical illness, is that if, if you can bring patients to the table, if you love someone who is struggling with something, if you can bring patients to the table every time or as many times as you possibly can, uh, it, it will be a game changer. It's been a game changer for me. To just, to, just to, again, you say, you know what? This might, it might be this way for a while. And for that to be okay. And for that to be like, you know what? That's, I will be patient with this. Um, it's in the moments of frustration. It's in the moments of, of wanting to change things immediately. That's where tension comes into play. That's where, that's where frustration comes into play because your mind wants something else that is not there. Um, and to be patient to say, you know what, this is, this is how it is. And I accept that. I don't want it to be the way, but I accept it. Um, there's, there's so much more peace that comes with that. Um, it becomes less of it becomes less of a huge burden and more of a temporary. Well, this may not be forever, and but it's now, but it may not be forever. So, or it may be forever, right? But I think patience, patience, patience. It, it, it is it is an amazing thing that I still have to work on daily, but it goes a long way. That is a, a beautiful place to end this interview. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, be kind, be gentle, be a badass, everyone. Um, all show notes. Um, we'll start with the, the suicide hotline number and you'll be able to listen to Tony's music. Um, we'll have direct links right from the, the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you.